Happy Hope Day, everyone, and welcome back to Life Works Better with Coach, Coach Mel. Mel and Hostess Clarissa. Thank you. Life may work better with Coach Mel, but the podcast works much <laughs> better with Hostess Clarissa. I love it. I do I too. I love it. Man, happy Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. And you know, same to you. Um, I, hope Day. It's Hope Day. It's Hope Day. It's Hope Day. Hey, April. It's Hope Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, April, April named that one for us. She did. I love it. Said it's hump day and she said no it's hope day it's hope day because the first series was life works better with hope and she said the second week she could hardly wait for hope day yes and let me tell you coach mel you've gotten a lot of good reviews from last week's podcast yeah we had uh two-thirds of the listeners uh i think that was two people Well, those two people had life-changing experiences. <laughs> well, okay. We're, 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 From the podcast. It, it, it was good, guys. And, and really and truly, if this is your first time coming and, and hanging out with us on Life Works Better with Coach Mel, listen, Series 15, this is uh, the fourth episode, and uh, Life Works Better with Story. Yes. And if this is your first podcast, listen, go back. And start at the beginning of this series. Um, you know, I, I, what I like about it is I get to hear it the first time. Yes. And then I can go back and listen to it again. And that same anointing <laughs> <laughs> that was in the studio comes through the sound waves. Still and there. Uh, wow. Man, it, it's just been a powerful experience with this series, as it is with all series. And um, if, if you're just tuning in, guys, just, you know, put your seatbelts on. It's about to take off, and yes. I feel it. I know it is now. Um, before we get started, always big shout out, Principio Coffee and Tea. Yes, good stuff today. It is, and it's 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 a little bit. Well, it's it's cloudy. It is here today, and uh, the air condition is working yes. in the building, and so right. there's it, it. It's not cold, but it's certainly not hot. But mm. the the warm coffee and tea just. Was so it's nice this morning. Blend. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is, um, well, I want to say it right. This is... Latte Exotica, not, <laughs> not erotica. Right, Exotica. <laughs> yes. I love it. Latte Exotica. I love this. You know, I, and we were talking about this off air. This blend is really good for uh, definitely coffee lovers. It gives you a different taste and experience. But it's also good for those who like tea and maybe prefer tea over coffee. This blend would be good for those people. Um, it kind of gives me a, a, puts me in the mind of the, the black tea with cream and sugar. Yes, you know. yes. It, it kind of gives me that feel. Yeah, it has, uh, of course, all natural flavorings, but this, this was a specially crafted latte by Liz down it at the uh, coffee and tea bar. I love her. And uh, it's, uh, it has uh, simple syrup. Uh, cinnamon and vanilla. Oh, nice! And just nice. a little sprinkle of cardamom on top. Just That's to great, you know. And, and I have to say, if you've never been to Principio, uh, you're missing a treat. It's an experience. Yes, it's not come, just come a see us. Come by. You know, I was there maybe a couple of weeks ago, and people Googled Principio, and and he brought his whole family in, the children. It was still kind of before school, and 
uh, they just enjoyed themselves. It, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, when I bring guests in, we go to Principio, and I give them uh, to Liz and put them in Liz's hands, and <laughs> she gives an amazing tour of the roastery and, and history behind it. And, and, you know, it's where Jesus dwells, and, yes. and it's just a wonderful experience. And if you haven't been there, guys, come. You know, the, the simple syrup that Coach Mill talks about is homemade. Yes, Liz makes everything there. It's all natural flavorings. All natural. Yes. And, yes, we're, we're loving that. And, and she's now really been working on expanding the cascara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Principio cascara, that's a, a hot beverage, a tea that's made with the coffee fruit, mm-hmm. the dried coffee fruit. It tastes nothing like coffee. She's been working on that for uh, a few months now. And the tagline that we've chosen for that is uh, cascara tea, uh, cascara, Principio cascara, the wine of teas. Delicious. It has so many different flavors and just different. It's great. And yes, you know what? Great I was pro- on your profiles. website. I was on Principio's website last week. And let me tell you, beautiful. Yes. All of the teas are on there. Our webmaster, uh, Courtney Woods, is it? And Yes, it, with PC Media Tech. Yes, PC yeah. Media Tech. Yes, she's done a great job for us. Man. So thanks, Courtney. It was a just get out there, job. guys. Hey, and it's, it's starting to turn fall. Yes. You know, the pumpkin spice is coming back. That's yes, one of my favorites is. with Principio. So go out there, get that subscription, and, and get set up. And you get enough coffee and tea uh, a month to not just enjoy for yourself, but to share with others. Yes. That's what I like about Principio. So, hey, thank you, Principio, as always. Yes. Amen. Proud sponsors. Yes. <laughs> So what do you have for us today? Well, life works better with story. And what we're talking about is his story, history. And uh, with this series, Clarissa, we are exploring the difference between the story of the ecclesia, which is what Jesus said he was going to build. Jesus never said, I'm going to build the church. He didn't use that word church. He used the word ecclesia. So we're, we're looking at the difference between the story of the ecclesia and the history of the church. Now, there, there is a history of the Christian church, and it's out there. And basically, the, the history of the church is the history of Western Europe because the, the church was so intertwined with politics and everything else uh, that, that it's, you, you, can't, you can't study the history of, of uh, Western civilization, as they call it, uh, without studying the history of the Christian church. But, but beneath the surface of all that is another story. <laughs> and it's the story of the ecclesia, what Jesus said he was going to build. And so we're looking at uh, some of the, the more important dates in the story of the ecclesia and how they uh, did affect the history of the church. And, and especially how, how those dates uh, can still affect the, our story. And as we've said before, God has a story. Every person has a story, but not every person has a God story. Right. But every person can have a God story. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage our listeners uh, with this. If you have a God story, then you are indebted to inviting others to have their God story Yes. And invited in to become part of yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's a beautiful thing about sharing our faith and sharing what God's doing. Yes. Is that, that we're building the story. 
Revelation chapter uh, 12 says that, that they, that is the ones who were victorious in the end, they overcame him, overcame him, that is the enemy, Satan. Mm-hmm. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, which is, of course, what Jesus provided, the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. and the word of their testimony. Amen. So it was a combination of those two things. And if, if, if Jesus died and no one ever shared it, it would not have benefited anyone. That's right. But if people would just be talking about good things, important things, positive things, mm-hmm. and Jesus had never died, it would never help us overcome. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's the combination. Mm-hmm. We have opportunity by sharing our story, and especially when it's his story, history within us. Yes. So we're looking at important dates in the story of the ecclesia. And last week we looked at uh, the very beginning of it, and that is the day of Pentecost mm-hmm. and how that tied in with the Jewish celebration of first fruits mm-hmm. and, and, uh, ex- and how it all happened in a miraculous way mm-hmm. and how the, how the new covenant fit into the, the calendar of the old covenant. But it, yes. it, it all had, it brought new meaning, brought new life, just like Jesus brought new life to the Passover. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit brought new life to to the uh, the first fruits, uh, and because the, the those first believers there that were filled with the Holy Spirit, furnished with the Holy Spirit, they they were the uh, they were the first fruits of all of us who were to come later. So it was a it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful dedication of the Holy Spirit coming and harvesting three thousand souls that day, and just saying, "Look, Jesus, look 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 what look what you started, look what's happening here." And Holy Spirit was turned loose on that day. And we talked about something that I never had thought about before until the, the actual podcast. And as that is, for 10 days, the disciples were, they were orphans. Mm. They were lonely. They were scared. They were frustrated. They were angry. Uh, they were hiding. And for Jesus to tell them to wait in Jerusalem, he didn't have to really tell them that because they were hiding out. Because mm. the guy that they said that they were following had just been crucified. And uh, they, were, they weren't assured of their own resurrection on the third day. <laughs> so they weren't that excited. And so for 10 days, they were without the presence of Jesus, and they were without the indwelling Holy Spirit. That, that was a, you know, a time of testing for them. Coach, I was just thinking when you were talking, you know, there's so many people who conduct themselves the same way right now. Orphans who act like orphans. Mm-hmm. Confused. Yes. Angry. <coughs> the same way that they did when they for those ten days. Yes. But he rose. Yeah. Why are we still acting like orphans? Yeah. Well, I have heard it said before that that uh that too many churches uh, especially today, that too many churches are not families, but they simply act as orphanages where orphans come gather, uh, hoping to be adopted, but, hey, we already have been adopted. It's what Paul tells us. Ooh, I said, the, I said his name, Paul. The second important date in the story of the Ecclesia is... I guess we could call this the, the difference that one letter makes. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I want to, the power of story, so we're going to tell a little story. Let's hear it. So at the, when, when, the, when the Roman Empire was just in its infancy, now Rome was a republic, like from 600 B.C., all the way up until the time of Christ. So like for 600 years, Rome was a republic, and uh, the, the senators are the ones that ruled it, and people voted, and it, was, it actually went as a republic, and they, they learned from the uh, democracia from Greece and from Athens, and they made a few little alterations in that, and Rome was a republic, a representative republic for 600 years. And then this one guy came along, and uh, his name was Julius Caesar. He was brilliant, uh, maybe one of the one of the most uh, gifted, talented, boundless, energetic person uh, that uh, that's ever lived. Uh, a genius on so many levels, especially military and political. And he did such a great job, and he invoked jealousy in some of those fellow senators at the time. And, uh, and so they, uh, of course, it's Shakespeare has immortalized that uh, in his play, Julius Caesar. And, of course, he was assassinated. And prior to that, he had adopted this other uh, young man, who came along after the death of Julius Caesar. Now, it, it's still a republic. It was kind of leaning towards uh, an empire where you'd have an emperor. That's the difference in an empire. An empire has an emperor like a dictator. So it, it, it was in right in the middle of that. And so Julius's adopted son, who took the title of Augustus, which meant the, the most brilliantly shining one. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, he came in and he defeated several other of, of people that were challenging him for the the position, and uh, he was uh, so he was just getting started. And he, he was Augustus, of course, was another brilliant leader, uh, a great organizer, and so it was at the very beginning of of this Roman Empire that uh, in modern day Turkey. It, was, uh, it would have been a district at the time known as Cilicia. You can remember that from the book of Acts. Uh, a young man was born to a Jewish family and uh, that had become Roman citizens, and so this young man was a Roman citizen. So he was a citizen of Rome, but he was also Jewish. And his father did not want him to be, uh, did not want him to grow up in, in a completely secular society, so he sent him to Jerusalem to study under one of the uh, one of the greatest, well, the greatest rabbi, a Jewish rabbi uh, of that day. Uh, his name was Gamaliel, and so this young man went to Jerusalem and studied under Gamaliel, and 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 he was there in in the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Uh, he worked his way up through, became through the ranks, became a Pharisee, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He said. Uh, just an impeccable with impeccable credentials, and when when uh, when the ecclesia first got started, and in the book of Acts it tells us about uh, the, some of the first martyrs, and so this uh, this young man is introduced at the martyrdom of Stephen, when Stephen was stoned, because the people who stoned Stephen, as they took their outer coat off, their their heavier garment, so they could could throw the stones and. Uh, with a greater accuracy and more force. 
and they laid their uh, their outer coats. They laid it at the feet of this one named Saul, and that's when we have this young man's name first used in the New Testament. And that was the beginning of the story of Saul. Saul was so convinced that uh, that Jesus was an imposter, and he just felt like uh, that it was his his call of Jehovah. He felt like it was his ministry to put down this this movement of this imposter. And so he was very uh, zealous, and uh, by the way, very jealous. And you know what's interesting? The word nerd alert. Those two words come from the same word in Greek, someone who is zealous and someone who is jealous. So Paul was, uh, Saul is still at the time, he was very jealous of Judaism and what he'd learned and what he was committed to, and so he was very zealous in protecting it. And so he, he, started, uh, uh, he started persecuting the, 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 these believers, and they, they weren't called Christians yet. They were called followers of the way. They were also called followers of the Nazarene. And so he started persecuting those. And he did such a great job there in Jerusalem that when, because of persecution, the believers and uh, and the followers of the way had separated, and many of them went up to Antioch, a city, a large city up north. Mm -hmm. And so there in Antioch, uh, the the ecclesia began to spread. And so Saul was given an assignment by the leading Pharisees in Jerusalem to go up to Antioch and, and to, to really uh, squelch the, the movement there. So he was on his way with his entourage. And we, we all know the, uh, how this story, uh, how it's tagged there. He, he was on the road to the city Damascus. And, of course, he had his Damascus Road experience. And so I'm, I'm here to say that that conversion experience, when Saul became Paul, and when he saw the light, and it was so bright that it not only blinded his eyes, but it blinded his soul. He, 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 was, he, didn't, he was confused. He didn't understand what was going on because he heard this voice, and he, knocked, he was knocked off of his horse. Uh, I, I kind of like thinking that uh, God has his way of knocking us off of our high horse. <laughs> just just as yes. he did this this young man, Saul, mm. and he was blinded, and Saul heard this voice. Mm. And the voice was, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. I mean, Jesus was feeling that. We are his body. and 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 Jesus was feeling that, and the author of Hebrews tells us that, that, that Jesus suffered, and he, he understands everything that we went through, but it also says that he identifies with us still yes. so that he feels that suffering. He feels whatever it is that we're going through because we are his body. Mm-hmm. And said, why are you persecuting me? And Saul was like, okay, what, what am I supposed to do here? I, I hear a voice. I can't see anything, but I don't recognize it as being the voice of someone who's part of my group here. So who is this talking to me? And the people standing around him were like, what's going on? They didn't see anything. They didn't hear anything. And they just saw that all of a sudden Saul was a different person. It, he had his life, his heart, his very soul had been invaded from another kingdom. <laughs> and it was almost like 
that God said, okay, enough of that. <laughs> you, you are so zealous that, that I'm going to give you the opportunity to be part of the ecclesia. And so whenever, uh, so then Saul, of course, yielded to that. Now, we, we forget about this sometime. Uh, some would say that, that Saul was, was chosen there and he had no choice. A little bit of my theology is going to come out here. No, I think we always have a choice. I feel like we always have a choice. And God does not give up his sovereignty by allowing me to have a choice any more than I give up my sovereignty as a parent when I let my, my children decide what they want to do within certain parameters. I don't give up my, my sovereignty. Again, we're getting into a little bit of theology there, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. Mm. I, I'm, I'm sensing that, that Saul could have said, uh, okay, I, he could have you know, burled up about that and just got more intent against the followers of the way, but then he just responded with what he felt in his heart. Mm-hmm. And he said, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? Mm-hmm. And so through Holy Spirit, he got the instructions that he was supposed to go to Damascus to a street called Straight, and there would be a person there that would lay hands on him, and he would receive his sight. So here, Saul had to have someone lead him to Damascus. Now, this is the beginning of of a a very interesting story of all time, not just in the story of the Ecclesia. So here Saul is, and he's in this city. Uh, It's not a city he's familiar with. He's blind. Here are these people that are with him. They're going there to put... Uh, believers to death and here he is he he can't even see and he's he's still confused and so he finds this person sure enough the prophecy came true he found this person on this street called straight and sure enough this person laid his hands on Saul and Saul received his sight Mm. (laughs) and he received not just his physical sight but then he received also spiritual sight and so here he was. He was, he was really in a, uh, in a predicament because he had gone there to put uh, believers to death. And so now he, was, uh, he, he, wasn't wanting to, he couldn't do that any longer because he was a follower of the way, a brand-new follower. But the followers of the way in Damascus, they didn't trust him because... Uh, <laughs> they didn't trust him because they just knew that he was intelligent enough to, to turn the tables on them and, and, and you know, uh, play like a, a, a double spy, double espionage there. So they didn't trust him. And then the Jews didn't trust him that he went there to help to persecute the believers because it was like, well, who is this person and what's going on here? So uh, both sides avoided him. And then the Jews who were there, the uh, other ones that were that he was supposed to meet to help him persecute the believers, they basically turned against him, and they were wanting to do away with him because here's one that looks like he's now, he came here to, to go against the believers, and now he's one of them. We can't have that. We've got to get rid of him. We're talking take his life, wipe him out. And so here he had yielded to this draw that he felt in his spirit, and he went into Damascus as a blind man, and he left as a baby because they, they put him in a basket just like you would put a child in a basket. And they had to let him down over the wall at night under the cover of darkness because people were posted at all the gates of Damascus. 
looking for this one Saul. And so they let him down. That's not a very uh, exciting start of a career. You know, Coach, as I'm listening, when you're telling these stories, I feel compelled to bring it to, like, right now where we are in our lives. And, you know, in some people that I've spoken with in the last couple of months, um, and including myself, have been in a Damascus experience. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is there's something that's a disrupt mm-hmm. in me, and, and I can use myself personally. There's a disrupt in me right now. It's not a bad disrupt, but it's a disruption. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like Saul did. You know, there's a disruption, and now I'm in this space of, okay, where do I go? What do I do? You know, there's something different. And so to see that, you know, when God changes you and when he transforms you and elevates you, there's other things that are going to come against you because the goal is to prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. And so I would just encourage everybody who's listening to this podcast today, you know, Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in that Damascus experience. Maybe you're <laughs> on that road and, and you're kind of figuring out, well, what do I do right now? I feel kind of discombobulated. You know, what is it that I need to do? And when he was able to talk to God and ask a simple question, God gave him direction. What would you have me to do? Hey, and you're blind? I mean, you have no other choice but to take the lead of the person who's leading you. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's just, it just makes sense. And so I would just encourage anybody right now that's listening, if that's you and you're just um, just in an odd positioning and you don't really know what to do, just move as God tells you to move and trust him and let him lure you on the other side of that wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes. Coach, this is awesome. Yes. I mean, life works better with story. Yes, and and we, and we can we can identify with these stories and 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 you can. Uh, Clarissa, one thing that that really uh, I, I think we we do we that have had any opportunity to tell this story mm. and the power of story we've we we've missed this with people mm-hmm. because uh Saul was let down over that wall. Then he went back to Jerusalem, and the, and the same thing happened in Jerusalem that happened in Damascus. The Jews didn't trust him, and neither did the believers. And so uh, Saul, he, he stayed there for a few weeks, and then, according to his story that he tells us about in the book of Galatians, he went out into the Arabian Desert, what today would be Saudi Arabia. He went out into the Arabian Desert, and he stayed for as much as three years, Clarissa. Mm. So here he had this tremendous conversion experience and nothing. No, nobody, nobody wanted to listen to him. He feared for his life from, you know, all kinds of directions. And so uh, like Jesus was led into the wilderness yes. after uh, he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came on him, then uh, Saul uh, was led into the, the wilderness, but he was there for th- up to three years, not just 40 days. 
And it was during this three-year period that he just received downloads of revelation. Everything that he had learned from the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, all the Old Testament scriptures, all that came alive. And he he just received revelation about Jesus and who Jesus really was, the Messiah, uh, and the fulfillment of everything. And uh, I can't help but believe that, uh, that Saul took some notes during that time. Yes. And just, uh, we don't know where he was or exactly what was going on, but we do know that he, he was going through a change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it was almost like, uh, and, and that, wasn't the, that wasn't the longest time, nor was that the only time that, uh, that he had this experience. Because he, after that, he went back to Jerusalem after three years, and he started revealing some of these, uh, some of the revelation that he <coughs> that he had, and and uh, still again people didn't trust him. Like, who are you? You're this newcomer. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Talk for a little while. Yes. You know. <laughs> but I, I um, just as I said earlier, I really would like people to <coughs> take notes as they're listening to this podcast as we're starting to wrap up. Um, take notes because you can always go back to the information that's being shared. And if this is such a setup for us with the season that we are in life and in the kingdom because history sets a foundation of understanding. So now we understand why we are where we are. It's good to have that understanding. It's good to have a revelation as to where you are and to be able to take that and interject that to where you're going. That's the power of his uh, of story, and that's the power of his story. Yes. It's the power of his story. So, you know, Coach, I, I know you have, you know, different list of, of you very organized with your episodes, but I really believe uh, what a wonderful way to uh, kick off the new quarter of yes. this year, um, <clears throat> the last quarter of the year, understanding the story of God. Yes. How amazing. And how, how he has intersected the lives of people. And uh, I was thinking when I first thought about this series, The Power of Story, The uh, Life Works Better with Story, thinking I, that I may do, do two of these dates in one episode, and now we're going to have to use two episodes to just do one date, and that's the conversion of Saul. So we'll get back to that next week, and we'll continue. Uh, the, the story of Saul is so encouraging. It and, is. It's uh, so it, right now for me. A, a beautiful story. So mm-hmm. if you're going through some difficult times, the harder the times are that you're going through, uh, the more brilliant the pearl will shine. That's powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> and the higher the heat that's purging the gold, mm-hmm. the more pure the, the metal will be. And so anyone that's going through a, a difficult time, just maybe your name is about to be changed. And God is forging a Paul from someone who has been Saul. There's a name change. <laughs> There's a name change. This is powerful. It's a setup for somebody. <laughs> you're set up for greatness. With this. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're set up for greatness. This is powerful, Coach. I'm looking for part two yes. on From Saul to Paul. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Amen. Wow. 
share the podcast, guys. Don't keep this just for yourself. When you listen to this or even in the middle of this, take the link, share it out there. If you're listening by Apple or Spotify, there's a link that's generated uh, with these podcasts. So go ahead, grab that link and text about five people. Text five people that you love and adore because this podcast is life-changing. Text five people. Get that link. Drop it in that chat. Text five people. A little challenge here. We don't know what Saul out there is waiting to become a Paul. So let's share this story. Amen. I love it. All right, guys. We'll see you back here next week.